1: We give God all the praise for a glorious time. Every word that was spoken shall be confirmed in your life. Every seed sown will be harvested bountifully. Shout a better amen, someone. All right. so the focus of this teaching, though I started it prior to the conference, is to help you to know how to position yourself to experience the grace of God. Somebody say the grace of God. Now, it's our year of grace. Somebody say, it's my year of grace. grace. Say, it's my year of grace. grace. Alright, so when grace comes, you have to know what to do to make the most of it. A lot of us receive graces in places, sometimes at your place of work, sometimes, I mean, wherever grace locates you, if you don't know how to conduct yourself, you can lose it. God's grace cannot be lost, but grace in the sight of men can be lost. So one of the things I intend to teach in the course of the year is how to grow in grace with men. Somebody say, grow in grace with men. Yeah, because as for God, he is not like man. The Bible said, God is not a man. And that is great consolation. But men can change their minds. Grace is God's unmerited favor expressed to you. And when God brings you into favor with himself... He puts you at favor with men also. But because men look at some things that you are sometimes not mindful of. Though God has given you grace and favor in their sight. Sometimes a lot of people lose it. So a lot of believers sometimes struggle through life. Not because they don't have grace with God. Though. They have grace with God. But they don't know how to position themselves to maximize the grace is given them with people. Okay, so we are looking at experiencing the abundant grace of God part 4b experiencing the abundant grace of God part 4b the bible says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 and God is able to somebody say God is able to God is able. say God is able to God is able. to do what make all grace abound to let's read together God is able to make all grace abound to how are we reading it before God is able to make all grace abound that in all things may have abundance for every good work. How many of you believe you have abundance for every good work? Somebody say, I have abundance for every good work. Yeah, So we, we looked at what happens when the grace of God abounds to you. And in seeing what happens, we need to know what to do. We have seen, we looked at the thing about... Walk to about seventeen things that happens when the grace of God abounds to you. So, how then do we assess the abundant grace for unending change of levels? This year you change levels. I said this year you will change levels. People will see you change levels, levels upon levels, levels no one in your family has ever attained, levels no one of your classmates have ever attained, supernatural change of levels somebody say I receive it I manifest it it. so how do I position myself so I can experience continuous grace and change level number one we said we must believe and receive grace by faith somebody say believe and receive grace by faith believe and receive grace by faith that's what you do Accessing abundant grace for unchangingly believe and receive grace by faith. Ephesians chapter two, verse eight to nine. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Now see how. For by grace you are saved through what? Faith. Grace is made available, but you receive it through faith. By grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Romans 5, 2. He said, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Somebody say, I have access. Say, I have access. Say, faith is my access into God's grace. Say, faith is my access into God's grace. grace." Now, so God has given you grace, but would you believe and accept it? Faith is your access. He said, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Without faith, you cannot receive grace. That is why the grace for salvation, do you know that everybody on the planet is saved? I have said it here before? Everybody on the planet is saved legally. But practically, that's not the case. Because not everybody has responded to what God made available by faith. Everybody. That's why Jesus cannot come and die again. He died once for the redemption of all men. That's why your sins are eternally forgiven. Past, future, present, whatever. They are eternally forgiven. Because it was one time sacrifice that needed to be paid to establish that. The same price that was paid for the salvation of man was the same price paid for the forgiveness of our sins. It was done. Somebody says, it's a done deep. God's problem with people today, the reason why people go to hell, they won't go to hell. Nobody goes to hell because of sin. Everybody goes to hell because of unbelieving Christ. Anybody who ends in hell has made a choice that he will not accept God's gift of grace, which is Christ Jesus. So, he said by faith, into whom we have access into this grace, by faith, where we will stand. The Bible says, For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten." Then whosoever, what? whosoever stops sinning, whosoever never sins again, he said that whosoever believed in him should not perish. That's where faith comes in. That's what faith comes in. So our job is to make sure that we preach the gospel for the preaching of the cross. He says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. The just shall live by faith. Please understand this very well. When we understand that the price for people's salvation has already been paid, our approach towards evangelism will be different. God doesn't see sinners. He sees people who are refusing to respond to what he has made. Sin is not God's problem because the sin problem was solved in Christ. God's problem with the world is not sin. God's problem with the world is unbelief. Unbelief. Go to John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. That that whosoever. Somebody say whosoever. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son to come to the world to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Verse 18. He says... He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the holy begotten son of God. That's, that's where. I'll, I'll deal with this properly when we come into uh, studying some of the books of the Bible. But this is foundational. It's a foundational truth we need to accept and believe. So, where our access Now, let me show you another scripture. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. Titus. This is a killer scripture. Titus 2, 11 to 12. Look at this. He said, for the grace. Somebody say, for the grace. Amen. For the grace of God that bringeth what? Salvation had appeared unto a few people. Oh. Only your house. Oh. Only those who are Christians. Oh. He said, the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men. All men. That means grace for anybody who wants to be saved is already available. The reason why people are not saved. That is why the greatest enemy of God's grace is pride. The greatest enemy of grace is pride. That's why he says he resists the pride. The word resist in the actual translation means that God marshals forces that resist your progress and success. It's not a passive thing. He makes sure that all things are arranged against you. Everywhere you turn. If it's your marriage, things are against you. Your business, things are against you. Everywhere, things are against you. Because the grace of God that brings us up has appeared unto all men. So anybody, it, it's the same as John 3.16 now. Have you seen that? He said, for God's Lord that he gave his only that whosoever, whosoever means all men. Amen. Somebody say, my salvation, my salvation is, settled, is settled, secure, secure eternally. eternally. Yeah. There's nothing like uh, you will lose your salvation. You don't lose what God gives you. So, number one is believe and receive grace by faith. Somebody say, I believe, I I receive receive. by faith. faith. Good. Number two is to call for it in prayer. Now, this I'm just walking you through briefly, but I will actually come and deal with each of them in detail later on. Call for it in what? Call for it in what? I have never met a graceless person who is also not a prayerless person. The more prayerful you are, the more grace-filled your life becomes. If you want to enjoy unusual favor and grace in life, be prayerful. This is not a year to joke with your prayer life. Because, you see, who you keep company with will show on you. The things that accompany you in life largely are a function of the people who are influencing your life. And there is no better place where God gets the opportunity to influence your life, your thoughts, your emotions than in the place of prayer. Place of prayer, you align your thoughts, your will, your plans with his purposes. And that settles it. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Hebrews 4, 16, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of death. You see somebody who is going through a challenge. I'm dying. I don't know what to do. I'm almost listening. You see, there is grace to help you, but you have not gone to the place where you receive it. Find grace to help in the time of need. When you are prayerful, before a challenge comes, the strength has already been made available. So you go through challenges. Sometimes when we live and we live our lives as if there are no challenges, people sometimes think that, that we don't have any challenge. Oh, Papa, the way he's laughing every day, things are very cool with him. No, 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 no. Some of the things that I deal with, if I share small with you, you may collapse. Betrayers and uh, ingratitudes that you see. But I'm empowered to walk in love. I have grace to walk in love. So I cannot, I cannot, there is nobody dead or alive that when you meet will tell you that, oh, I have a grudge with him. He may have, I don't have. Yeah. I don't have. I live in advanced forgiveness. There is nothing you do against me. I cannot forgive you. And you don't need to apologize to me. You apologize is your choice. You don't apologize. I forgave you a long time ago. You see? Papa, I, I, I struggle very hard to forgive. It's not easy. How do you do it? Grace. Grace. Yeah. Let us come therefore to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help. In the time of need, the same challenge you are going through, some people have gone through it and have survived it. Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. He said, "There is no temptation that is taking you that is not common to man." Where you make your case special, you will die a special death. There is no special case. Every case is a common case. Bible says, when you faint in the day of adversity, it's not because strength was not there; your strength was small." your strength was more. It's not because there was no strength, but your strength. That is, a, I think it's a Proverbs 24, 10. Proverbs twenty-four ten. Look at this. If thou faint in the day, if thou faint in the day of thy strength, it's not that strength is not available. Your, the, the one you have is more. The, the reason why you can't forgive is because your strength is more. Your flesh is too much and your strength, your spiritual strength That he might be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. In the inner man. In the inner man. In the inner man. That's what it is. Real strength is not muscle. Real strength is spiritual strength. The Bible and my Bible says, be strong in the Lord. Don't be weak in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. One place where we build up spiritual strength in the day of trouble. I tell you, it's no other place but in the place of prayer. Somebody say, I receive grace to live a prayerful life. Please. Don't just get up from your bed, take a shower, and just be walking about. No, no, no. Then, headache, you are lying down. Hallelujah, you are lying down. This year, you are not going to any hospital. You are living in perfect health. Can somebody shout a better amen? me down as long as I live. Yeah. Praise the Lord. There is a, that's a place. There's a place there. Let us therefore come. So when you are not coming there, it means you are not. Give me that text again. Say, Let us therefore come. Somebody say come. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> when I see that you don't have strength to deal with the issues you are dealing with, I can check where you have been going to. we have been going to restaurants to eat more than going into fasting and prayer more. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us come, come boldly, to that that we might obtain. Because if you go, you will obtain. If you come, you will obtain. It's, it's a certainty. If you come, you will obtain. Let us bold that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. In the time of need. In the time of need. Your battles are not stronger than you. Are you with me here? Eh? there's no battle that is stronger than you because you see you don't fight from a position of defeat you fight from a position of strength and success and victory we don't fight actually to win we fight to maintain our win because we didn't win Christ won for us did you hear what I said so it's not I am not fighting to be healed I am resisting the devil who is trying to steal away my health That's what we do. You don't fight to gain. I'm using my faith to deal with the devil. You can't deal with the devil. Jesus dealt with him, and kept him at a place. He picked you up, far above principalities and powers. And Satan has been placed under your feet. And all you need to do is to make sure that your feet are intact. You are stepping on him. Are you Are you here with me? Your, your, Your legs are intact. And one of the places you keep your leg intact is in prayer. When you stand in prayer, Satan knows his level. He knows his level. Jesus told Peter, He said, Peter, let me tell you something. Satan is looking for you. He's looking for you. And it's, a, it's like, a, how can Satan be looking for me? I'm with you, Jesus Almighty. How can Satan be looking for me? He said, Satan is looking for you. Listen. If Satan doesn't come after you, you are not worth much to him. You are not worth much. If you see a Christian who has no challenges at all, he has no future. You see, the greater the challenges you face, your challenges are usually a a, a, a prophetic signal to the, the, the greatness of your future. The challenges you go through in life, they are prophetic signal. They are prophetic signal. If you are becoming a Joseph, your brothers must betray you now. If you are becoming a Joseph, your brothers must betray you. Your brothers must betray you. Pharaoh's wife must come after you. People must reject you. People must forget you. You will be kind to people and they forget you. If you are how many of us don't want to be Joseph? Ruler of this. We want it. But see, the pathway and the process, we don't like it. Yeah. As God gives us grace, maybe this year I'll just uh, teach on uh, Joseph also. Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. So please, get it straight, though. Yeah, Papa, I don't know. Uh, people are me, I don't know. When I tried this, I don't know. I don't know. Listen, stop shouting and get on your knees. Wow. David. David. Why will you be David and your brother will not tell you that you are proud? when well, you have not said done anything that makes you are proud? Listen, giant killers always face giant problems. Yeah. Champions are not made in the ring. Champions are showcased in the ring. Champions, they are not made. They are made in secret and they are showcased in the ring. And in the secret place of prayer, you will become a champion. You are a champion already and then you manifest as such. The Bible says in Jude, He said, Dearly beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. Listen, this year, never joke with praying in tongues. Pray in essence. Pray in what? excess in tongues. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than he all." Oh. And this was a man who experienced grace nobody ever experienced. Yeah. There's a sermon series I'm preparing. Encounters with grace. Now, now one of such men who had an unusual encounter with grace was Paul. And he was made In the New Testament, there was nobody who really, really, really enjoyed grace. You see, when you experience grace, you are able to talk about it. That's why Apostle Paul is the apostle of grace. Because he understood it. Usually, it's not easy to teach subjects you are failed But when you yourself, you are a product of grace. So, call for it. Somebody say, call for it in prayer. What I'm telling you is that this year, and we'll be teaching on it. I mean, as part of the uh, how to build a personal prayer life. You need it. You need it. You need it. So call for it. Somebody say, call for it. Call for it in prayer. 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 And then, of course, number three, be clothed with humility be clothed. Somebody say be clothed. Now, that to be clothed means wear it. That, that is almost like a daily affair. Wear it because our tendency to be proud is very high. Very, very high. Pride can eat you up and you don't even know it. So, he said wear it. Put it on. When you make up in your mirror, you check your face, everything is fine and you have worn your dress Worn your uh, perfume or whatever, make sure that on top of it, you put on humility. Yes, Give me that text, 1 Peter 5 5. He said, Therefore, be clothed. Likewise, he wants, all of you be clothed with humility. Somebody say, Be clothed. Yeah. Because if you don't put it on, <laughs> your natural disposition will show. Put it on, consciously put it on. And you have to know the things to do to make you uh, 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 wait. Are you with me here? Put it on. Put it on. Because humility is not like prayer. Humility is not like, uh, what do you call it, faith. Humility gives you access to more. It doesn't just give you grace, faith gives you access into grace. Humility gives you more grace. And if there is anything you need more in your life, it's not degrees, it's grace. Are you with me huh? It's grace. It's grace. It's not physical beauty, it's grace. It's grace. The more the grace of God emblaps your lives, the more your life becomes a delight unto many. Grace. 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 Be clothed with it. So last week, look at James 4 6. But, for he, but he giveth more grace. Somebody say, he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Receive grace to walk in humility. Yeah. He's able to make all grace. Now, at least, it, it means that we can also assess grace to be humble. He's able to make all grace abound. And you have to call for it, receive it, and then engage it. Are you with me? Here? Yeah, of course. yeah. So I, I made an attempt a couple of, I think uh, last, last two weeks, right? Last two weeks to walk you through marks of true humility, marks of true humility. How do I know that I am working in humility? Because if humility is a platform for accessing grace, I need to know what are the marks of true humility. And if you are going to know whether you are humble or not, some of these things will help you. Number one, true humility acknowledges God as sovereign and the source of all things. True humility. That's what it does. It acknowledges God as sovereign and the source of all things. The Bible says in John 3, 27, a man can receive nothing except if it's given to him from where? From above. Everything you have. Oh, I'm miswilled. It was given to you from above. I'm very intelligent. It was given to you from above. Do you know the car I drive, it was given to you from above. Do you know the house I live in? It was given to you from above. <laughs> Solomon said the riches. He says, But who am I? First Chronicles 29, 14 to 16. But who am I? Tell your say, Who are you? My father would say, Are you a what? Yeah. He said, But who am I? And who are my people that we could give anything to you? Look at that. Everything we have has come from you and we give only from you what you first gave us. You know? <laughs> then he says, we are here for only a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us, our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Verse 16. Oh Lord our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your holy name comes from you. It all belongs to you. Somebody say it all belongs to you. 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 When you see that you don't have anything and that everything you have and have now and will have forever belongs to God, you cannot stand and boast in things. Yeah. I have this, I have that, I have that, I have that, I have that, I have that. I have that. Number two, true humility acknowledges who we are in Christ and affirms what we have in Christ. True humility is saying, agreeing with God in who he has made you. In Christ, you are righteous. In Christ, you are loved. In Christ, you are accepted. In Christ, you are favored. When you begin to affirm all of this in your life, you are walking in humility. You are walking in what? You are walking in what? A humble person says of himself what God says of himself. A humble person. He says of himself what God has spoken concerning him. So when God calls you a righteous person and you say, I'm, I'm, I'm just a sinner. When God says, I love you, I have loved you an everlasting love and you are sitting down somewhere because of something you did, you are wondering, hey, can God ever love me? Can God ever receive me? You are insulting his intelligence and that is pride. That's pride. There are a lot of things people define and explain as pride that, is, that has nothing to do with pride. That's pride. Yeah. What God has given, he says, like for instance, do you know that one of the greatest manifestations of pride is unforgiveness? Whether it is unforgiveness of yourself or of others. It's one of the greatest manifestations of pride. Because the Bible says in Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So, God, you have it. God has given it to you. And you are saying he has not given it. You see, you, you see how it is? It's like I've given you this iPad and it's been documented that I've given this iPad and you are challenging that I didn't give it to you. Can you imagine that? That's simply what you are saying. When you fall into sin and Satan is beating you down and you are struggling to accept whether or not God can forgive you or God cannot, you are simply walking in pride. It takes humility. It takes humility. The Bible says your faith becomes effectual through the acknowledgment of every good work. I know people who have been praying about the same thing for forgiveness from the same thing for almost a year, three years. Papa, I can't simply forgive myself. Walk out of my office. God, if you can't forgive you, I can't forgive you. The one who forgave you, and he said he has forgiven you. He you said, even God forgave you. You, you can forgive yourself. You see your pride. Even God who has never sinned doesn't have sin in himself. He he said they are forgiving you. You say small you. You can't forgive yourself. I I, I can't forgive myself. So forget about now. now If you can't forgive yourself, neither can you forgive somebody else. Yeah? I hope you are understanding pride today. Well (laughs) number three. We said. True humility keeps trust and confidence in God and God alone. Where is your confidence? Where is your confidence? Do you really know what makes us aware where people's confidence are? Usually is the challenges of life. When the challenges of life come hitting hard at you, that's where we really know where your confidence is. Job's wife told, curse God and die. And obviously, I mean, what the woman said is so true. Because when you curse God, you will die. He's the only person who, who has answered to you. So if you disown him and say, I don't want to have anything to do with you, your end has come. No wonder Job was smart. <laughs> what I'm going through already is difficult. I should now go and curse him. You know, confidence. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. This is Apostle Paul speaking. He said, Therefore, we ask the circumcision. Philippians 3.3, we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Somebody say no confidence in the flesh. No confidence in the flesh. You see, you can meet a poor person who has just bought some car and is making noise with it. And you can also meet somebody who really has nice cars and doesn't even talk about it. That's what Apostle Paul was talking about. When he said he has no confidence in the flesh, he was not talking about a non-achiever. He was not talking as if somebody who has not done achieve anything. Because if you look at it in that context, you will not understand what he was communicating. So, he took some time to let people know that if anybody is anybody, he was more somebody. Yeah. He was more somebody than, listen, in the flesh but that's not where my confidence is. And I want you to get as much as for yourself in the flesh. If it's a degree, get it. But don't get it to put your confidence there. That's a mistake in the first place. Do your PhD, do your master's, whatever. But that is not becoming the source of your confidence. Don't miss it. He said that I was more aware. Well. Somebody said I was more where. Well. That's what he started talking. Though I might have confidence in the flesh, if any man think that he has, where well, he may trust in himself, I more He said, if there is anybody who can boast of something, I I, I want you to know. Then he started from where he was born. Verse 5. I was born where? Circumcised on the 8th day. Some people were circumcised 10th day, twentieth day. He said me, they they make sure that 8th day. Because
0: that's
1: it. He said, "I, I came from a good nation, the stock of Israel. Yeah. today they will say I'm an American citizen. I'm a British citizen. I'm neither Ghanaian or British. I'm a heavenly citizen. He that cometh from above is above all. Can somebody say an alien? Because When you become an American citizen, you have American problems. Ghanaian citizens have Ghanaian problems. But where you are from above, you operate from a heavenly perspective. This year, you will live under heavenly perspective. He says, I was born where? Well. Look at my tribe. Benjamin, son of my writer. If you are looking for Hebrew, not the naturalized ones, this one is by birth. You know, today, <laughs> when you go to almost every nation, including our own, there are people who are there, and they are not indigenous proper. He said, I am an Hebrew of an Hebrews. Starting the law and Pharisee. At that time, you are talking about academia, you are talking about intellectual process. That's it. I'm not I'm not, is, I'm not a, a, a low class. My class is very up. Hmm. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. <laughs> now, this is the top. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. I will come and teach on the righteousness of the law. The righteousness of the law. Because I'll teach on righteousness. And when you see the righteousness of the law, it's not small. For, so a man to say he was blameless in the righteousness of a law, it's not a joke. It's not a joke at all. Because the Bible says the right, no man could fulfill the righteousness of the law. So for him to say what he was saying, it's not a joke. Pharisees had a very straight life. No, 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 no. Even if a mosquito beat him on Friday, he will bite and go free. Because he won't touch you. That is work. Sabbath. They do nothing. They do nothing. It's not a joke. Go to Israel today. I was told. I'm here to go there. But I was told that you don't press anything when you enter their lift on the Sabbath. You don't press anything. Once you, they, they, are, they have left that either senses your presence or does something. And so, the moment you don't, we don't touch anything. On the Sabbath, by you on Sunday, you are watching Asana.
0: <laughs>
1: Instead of coming to church. You are eating a mutu somewhere. And it's not after service. Now, he said, all the things that were counted to me as gain, verse 7, I counted them by loss. What things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. You want to see a humble person. A humble person is ready to lose everything. If it means that losing it means winning Christ. That's a humble person. Yeah, that's a humble person. They think differently. A proud person will want to gain everything to gratify himself. Even if it will bring dishonor and shame to the name of Christ. But a humble person, he doesn't care. Look at Moses. You know, the Bible says of Moses, he was the meekest of all men. Meekest of all men. How did he become? He lost everything in Egypt just because he saw Christ as a greater reward. Humility. We said humility seeks after God what? No, true humility, treasures. Somebody say treasures. Treasures. Say treasures. Treasures Treasures the knowledge of Christ and intimate relationship with him above everything else in life. No, 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 no. This year, let Christ be your greatest treasure. Say an amen. Amen. Let him be your greatest treasure. Put him above making extra money. Put him above pursuing greatness in vain. He said, the things that were gain are counted all by lot for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them by dank that I may win Christ and be found in him. Now you see, Christ won you. Now you must seek to win something for him. And that's what humility does. And then number five, we said, true humility seeks after God habit 20. Somebody say, he seeks after God habit 20. Say, he seeks after God habitually. True humility seeks after God habitually, not occasionally. Oh, 12 days of grace. say After 12 days of grace. That's not humility. The Bible says in Psalm 10 verse 4, he said the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. Somebody say seek after God. Say seek after God. Seek after him. Seek after him. One of the men who was very humble in the Old Testament is David. David, very humble, very humble. A prophet comes to him and said, David, you have done this. He said, I have sinned against God. <laughs> so, no, no. The bleating of the sheep. He said, No, I don't know what happened. He said, What is this that I'm hearing? So they were in the cage in the <laughs> I brought them for a sacrifice. But David was humble. Very, very humble. If you read the book of Psalms, you will see a heart of humility. A man who is very, very humble. You see, I told you last week that one of the proofs of humility is a person's desperation and dependency on God. Proud people want to feel and want to come across as having made it by themselves. But humble people are always quick to point people to Christ. To let them know. That this is not about me. And this man sought God continually. Psalm 27 verse 8. He said, when you said, seek my face. Uh-huh. When you said, seek my face. My heart said to you, your face. O Lord, will I seek. Your face will I seek. Your face will I seek. When you said, my heart said. God said, seek my face. He said, no, I, I, I need money now. I need money now. Psalm 63 verse 8. He said, my soul follows hard after you. My soul follows hard. Give me a new, uh, uh, maybe the message or the New Living Translation. One of the more. Follows hard. Hard. I hold on to you for dear life. And you hold me steady as a post. I hold on to you for dear life. The, the New Living Translation. I cling to you. Do you see that? it. I cling to you. I cling to you. His dependency was on God and God alone. Psalm 73 verse 25 to 26. He says "Who with whom have I in heaven but thee and there is none upon the earth that I desire beside thee. That's it. He said in heaven there is no there. On the earth there is no body I desire. Then he tells us the reason why this was his first year. verse 26. 26 he said my flesh and my heart faileth but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You, your job is your portion. Your family is your portion. Your marriage is your portion. God is not. He said, you are my flesh and my heart fails. But God is my strength of my heart. And my portion forever. Don't want to use this one to do a song. God is the strength of my life. God is the strength of my And my portion forever. This is where came from. Apostle Paul said, Not that I have already attained. Wow! Not that I have already attained. When I read that, I, <laughs> I get humble. A man who ascended to the third heavens heard of things that he could not utter. He said, Not that I have already attained. Why? Well, it is there to attain again? They will put you in the sea night and day, he will come out. They will beat him and as if he's dead. The moment they go, something enters him. He come, he, he said, Not that I have already attained. Neither was I already perfect. But this thing I do. I forget those things which are behind and I press. Receive grace to be a presser. I thought you and today, you are of to tomorrow. Praying today of tomorrow. Give today of tomorrow. I press, I press. In the book of Luke, he said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. Every man presses into it. Anyway, so we are basically recap. Have you been blessed? Have you been blessed? Yeah. I was supposed to talk to you about true humility begins with a Christ-like mindset and talk to you about true humility responds to God's word with a positive attitude and true humility makes its boast in God and not in self or works. And true humility, gratefully acknowledges the contribution of others in their success. But I'll deal with them next week. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Have you been blessed? Stand on your feet and begin with thank God give him praise.
0: fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our services at our headquarter church from 6.45 a.m. to 8.00 a.m. for our first service, which is our Excel service and from 8.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. for our second service, which is our celebration service and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6.00 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Auditorium Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Live Chapel Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you.